0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday, and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no pre- one. No one. <laughs> our preferred
1: vacuum brands, of which we have multiples, and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage.
2: Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do, and who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. Hi there, I'm Maureen McGoodwin with teammate Aliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. If you're midway or even quarterway through your career and feeling stuck, you're not alone. Maybe work doesn't feel meaningful anymore, or your industry has drastically evolved, or your values and interests have changed. No matter what, your 30-something self is very different from the person you were when you started out. The fact that this is such a common experience doesn't make it any easier to handle when it's happening to you. I know I've been there before, and one of the best ways to get clarity is by engaging with people, events, and even the advice on podcasts like
0: this one. For today's episode, we're excited to have Jasmine Reed clark joining us. Jasmine is a career coach, podcaster, HR professional, and basically the go to woman in all things career stuckness. On today's episode, we'll be discussing two things one, common career mistakes that can lead you to feeling stuck, and two, four signs that you are indeed stuck and how to professionally grow. And now, this is the females.
2: Well, hi, Jasmine. Welcome to the females. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a minute now. Yeah, likewise. And can we start by just learning a little bit more about you and your background, share about your podcast, because what everyone may or may not know is that we're doing swaps with our podcast. So they should know what your show is, which I'm also going to be on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So that show is Office Politics, where I'm the host. And I really I'm on this mission to help professionals, um, primarily women, feel more secure, confident, and unstuck at work. I felt like I listened to a ton of podcasts. And while I love the business school aspect and, you know, like the hype woman aspect, I definitely needed that space or was craving a space where we can be vulnerable, be honest, and then, be open about, you know, microaggressions or like being fired since those things have happened to me. Um, so that's where that space was created. But outside of that, I'm also a career coach, a freelance writer, and that really was a side hustle. But in 2020, it became my full-time job. Prior to that, I was a recruiter and HR manager. So I have a very interesting Colorful journey. That You're happens. all
2: the things we like to have on the mm-hmm. females. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you've hired, you've been on the other side of the hiring table. You know what it's like to be a woman at work. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> mic-
0: microaggressions. Cool. So there are a few career mistakes that can trip people up and lead us straight to a career roadblock. So, can you share a few of these mistakes?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, and I can almost see it. So the first being more emotional. And I think that is actually, in fact, I just listened to your podcast today on um, confidence. And I think it's thinking that there's having a scarcity mindset, or feeling like you need to be a slave to different timelines. So I think it's working within um, and developing within constructs that really aren't there and limiting ourselves or having a a limiting mindset. But then on a more professional note, I think it's really just I'm actually not a fan of five-year plans, but I think it's also not understanding the themes that you want to show up in your life or to cling to an arbitrary title. um, And then you're like 30 being like, why am I not happy in my career? So I think it's really not having a purpose-driven career that really lands you to those roadblocks.
2: I talk a lot in my book about this dream job myth. And partly, and it's something we talk a lot about Career Contessa because I do think there's this thing that's happening, a trend that's been happening more, I would say maybe even in the last five years, especially is like that your job is supposed to check all these boxes for you, right? It's supposed Mm -hmm. to engage you, uh, pay you. (laughs) Um, you're supposed to like learn new skills, but socialize you. It's too much.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I've been married for about three years and I have friends who will get engaged and I'm like, also this person cannot check all the things on your box. So yeah. Brandon, you said that it just reminded me of a conversation I had, <laughs> but absolutely. And I have fallen into that trap where I want to get all of my friends at work. I want to yeah. be mentored everything. And I heard a quote and it's a little uh, blunt, not sugarcoated, but it says something like there's a reason you're being incentivized with a living. And now I do think there's It's more nuanced than that, of course, but um, yes, I sometimes even will go and listen to. Being passionate is overrated, and I am somebody who loves to be Mm -hmm. passionate at work. But I like that TED Talk, and yeah, it just it can't check off all of the boxes. But definitely, I really think having a purpose-driven career helps Mm -hmm. alleviate that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I've been addicted to this show, Kids' Baking Championship. Which, if you're not on that, get (laughs) on that. It's so funny. It's so cute. And they're like pretty talented, but then they'll do childish mistakes. Like I forgot all the sugar, (laughs) which you don't see on like adult competition shows. But what I love about it is whenever they intro them, they obviously don't have like a career that identifies who they are. So they're like, I'm a baker, but I'm also a football player, a karate (laughs) and like an equestrian expert. And I was like, God, I wish we could just identify ourselves as adults as that. Like, because we are so multifaceted, Mm -hmm. but it's like, It's always, what do you do for a living? Like, that's who you are. And it's not true. But it's like, I want to be like, well, I also do this and this and this. It's so funny (laughs) that you bring that up. I have been a
1: longtime reader um, and writer for The Financial Diet. And in one of the videos Chelsea talks about, I wish how she wishes we could get away from that and to challenge ourselves to say like, so, what project are you most passionate about? Or, like, what what are your mm-hmm. hobbies? Before we ask, what do you do for a living? Yeah, and I've tried to do that the last few years, and it's really beautiful the kind of reaction it can elicit, mm-hmm. and it's also very interesting because sometimes you realize uh, the only thing you're passionate about is is work.
2: Yeah, Aaliyah, you might remember this. I interviewed this woman Tess Viglin, who wrote this book called Quitting Your Job with No Plan B. Or plan B. It's such a good episode. And we talked about career identity and she researched this. And she said that asking, what do you do is a Western thing. Like when she would go to Europe and travel around, people don't start by asking you, what do you do? They'll ask about your family or what do you do for fun? So like, this is definitely Mm -hmm. a Westernized, like, it's like immediate. Yep. Like, how do you fit into this
0: capitalist?
2: Yeah. Answer. Like, what's your resume, so and how can it you. help me? You know what I mean. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Because I'm trying to decide if you're worth talking to or not. That's how it always kind yes. of comes off to me.
1: Absolutely. And then it's it's interesting too because I feel like my husband is, you know, obviously opposites attract, and he's. Are you guys into the Enneagram at all?
0: Um. No. Okay. We're, we love all know. of these personality <laughs> tests. Oh,
2: okay. Uh does not. know. Tell her. (laughs) It's
1: a rabbit hole.
2: I'll do the kid baking thing. You go down the Enneagram.
1: (laughs) What are your fears, your motivations? And Mm -hmm. you have a number. And my husband is likely a nine wing one. And so he's really great at being content and finding like peace and happiness in everyday life. And I'm a four with a very, very, very strong three wing. And he's just like, I don't understand why you feel like you have to go, 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 go. And it's like, because I don't, I'm so afraid I'll be abandoned if I don't impress people. And Mm -hmm. so that's something I'm currently working through in therapy and just in
2: life in general. Mm -hmm. It's that scarcity versus abundance thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the reason why we talk about these topics all the time is we actually, I feel like, Just constantly need to remind ourselves about this because it's never a one and done. So I'm not shocked to hear that, but also it's like if anyone's listening to this and they're like, you guys talk about this stuff a lot, it's like, because (laughs) this is the stuff that ultimately kind of moves the needle. Last question before we get into kind of the, the signs that you are indeed stuck. I feel like, you know, what would be your advice to people who have advanced pretty far in their career and now they're having, especially after 2020, maybe they're like, Hey, I'm not, you know, as far as I thought it was going to be, or this isn't what I imagined it was going to be, or sort of like at that crossroad of feeling like they're, they're stuck because they have followed this path, but the path isn't doing what they thought it was going to do. Absolutely.
1: That, that is a great one in that. To your point, exactly. I have a lot of friends who are going through that right now. And here, so one, through my career coaching, I'll work with clients. And I really have said, throw out the blueprint in 2020. Um, It's something that I've done anyway, but I understand why there was hesitation there previously. So throw it out. None of the rules matter anymore. And I think it's really getting back to, I know I keep saying like a purpose driven career, but I think it's really figuring out like, what is your purpose? And that seems so daunting and overwhelming. And again, that's something I go through with coaching, but I think it's coming back to what are my strengths? What am I truly good at? What, are, what am I not trying to overcompensate with? And where am I actually going to add value somewhere? And I don't even mean monetarily, but a really quick example is I used to be an office manager. And while it's not the sexiest title in the world, I remember reading a book and it basically was like, what value am I adding every day? And it's like, I get to celebrate employees because I was on the HR team. Um, that's how I got my start. And that's something that I know I had to cling to and I had to understand how can I repurpose the way I see myself, the way I see this career, and how can I go deeper? And through that job, that's how I got to find out what I like about HR and the parts where I'm like, oh, I'm actually not as into like HR IS systems. So I don't really want to go down that road. But anyway, I think this is a really just fabulous time to pivot and just get honest and raw with yourself and cut the BS, if
2: if I can say that. (laughs)
0: You can. (laughs) All right. Up next, Jasmine will share four signs that you are indeed stuck professionally and what you can do to grow. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Skillshare. Every new year, I like to learn a new skill.
2: Learning new things helps me expand my creativity and look at my business through another unique lens. No matter what challenges 2021 brings, which I know we're all a little nervous about that, You can spend at least part of it creating something meaningful with Skillshare's online classes because time is what we make of it. At Career Contessa, we talk so much about how important storytelling is to your career from infusing it into your cover letter, which I know is really hard, but it's super important to heck, maybe even producing a podcast where you share the stories that you want to tell with others. Stories are everything. We all have stories, But one thing I know is that we can always refine the ways we tell them. That's why the very first class that I'm taking in 2021 is creative writing, creating personal essays with impact with Roxane Gay. I'm also looking forward to enrolling in visual storytelling classes, writing for expression, and I might even make this the year that I learned some hand lettering because why not? And I have a kid coming, so I was thinking maybe I could do this fun little one month, two month, you know, that thing. Here's the real thing. Learning always brings beauty, color, and fun to your year, your business, and your career. I find that learning new skills motivates me in a new and different ways and really just helps expand kind of my own maybe narrow way of thinking. Skillshare makes learning fun and affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. If 2021 is the year that you're ready to explore your creativity, go to skillshare.com backslash females and get a free trial of their premium membership with access to unlimited classes. So that's skillshare.com backslash females. So for the next whole month, you can try all their unlimited classes, take the creative writing classes and let me know what you think. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay, Jasmine. So your first sign is that you can no longer articulate the value you bring to your company or any company. So can you explain what this means and why it's a sign that people are stuck?
1: You will sometimes be like, "Well, what the hell am I doing here?" And sometimes we just ask that day, ask that question because you're know, frustrated. Things happen day to day. However, the reason that I believe that it's a sign that you're stuck is because if you don't understand why you're putting in your nine to five it's just going to have this like like trickle-down economics. Like Then you're not going to understand why this project matters or this task matters or this relationship matters or why you should be developing your team. And before you know it, you really become a cancer in your own organization, but also a cancer to yourself. So I think if that's what you're feeling, it's a, probably a very good sign that you're stuck and that it's time to do something about that.
2: The difference between being stuck and just having like a moment, to your point, like a bad day or... Like I I like to call them your woes, me moments. Like there's a difference, and I would I would guess that this is sort of one of those things where it's persistent. Like it's not like you just can't articulate. One day is that you continue to have trouble articulating, especially when you get asked that question, "What do you do for a living?" Or you know,
1: I always joke, but this is true. Everyone has their days where they're like, "I'm gonna look for a new job," but I think when you have that thought, I always say a hundred times, and then you actually redo your resume, probably a good sign that you. Want to move on? Also, I think the differences as well. Look at your performance reviews. Um, some people have them quarterly, bi quarterly. But if you really are seeing the same remarks, or you're not seeing progress, or you're getting the same notes, I know every company is a little bit different. That's a time to really look in the mirror and either be like, okay, what what can I do differently? Is it do I need to reevaluate my relationship with my position or my employer, or is it time to pivot entirely and chase you know, a new dream or a new job.
0: So your next sign is you do not or no longer yearn to grow in your industry or to learn more about your trade. So is it possible that this could also just be a sign of burnout?
1: That's such a great question. Burnout, super real. I even had to take FMLA um, because of burnout at a previous job. So it can be for sure. But I think the difference is typically you get burned out because you've been going so hard because there's something you're going after, whether it's a promotion or a project or a client. And I think when you no longer care, it's truly, it's an apathy and that you are really um, agnostic to the company's success, your success. When you no longer understand, if you're only living for the weekend and and that's happening for a long period of time. I think that's when you have to reevaluate things.
0: So, is the solution here to just swap your industry, or like, does it have to be that dramatic? <laughs> <one>? <laughs> only <if you're laughs> do you just leave behind your whole field. <laughs> no, no, no. Only
1: if you're me. I think it really is going back to scripting and narrative storytelling. So, everyone, of course, is going to be a little bit different. But I will. I'll tell you this. I have a friend, um, teacher, and she what's coming to me venting basically the same thing at happy hour all of the time. And on like year two, I'm like, okay, so is it that you need to understand why you became a teacher again? Is it that you need to change districts? And she's like, no, I just, I genuinely hate this. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And through that we realized that she actually doesn't want to, she, I mean, her story is obviously unique to her, but she realized that she did want to go back and work in zoos. That's what she had done um, previously and what she had gotten her degree in. And she's like, I want to work with animals. And while it may seem simple to us as we're talking about it outside of this situation, I think she thought, oh, I'm a caretaker. So if I can care for animals, I can care for little children. And she learned- It was the
0: wrong animals. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So I think it's learning those little things about yourself and realizing, okay, what variables are actually creating a toxic work environment for myself.
2: I've noticed too that I think when people get at this crossroad, they yearn to do something that has a straightforward path. So I remember when I was an admin assistant and I was desperate to like not do this anymore. I was so unhappy. But when you don't always know what you want to do, what I started to attach myself to were ideas where one plus one would equal two. Like I considered occupational therapy because I was like, oh, you go through this and then you do this and then you do that and then you're an occupational therapist and it's good. And I think I chose teaching as my or education as my major in college, probably for the same reason because I like things to be like, you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And the problem is, is that careers and even more in 2021 are not set up like that, you know? And so if you are, struggling with this or yearning for something that's really comfortable. I just want to point that out because that can also be a sign of like, yes, you're stuck. You're just going to get yourself in a different type of stuckness, you know? One more quick break to talk about maybe your favorite topic, wine. I'm talking specifically about usual wines. If you're feeling particularly stuck professionally, you might enjoy a nice glass of wine at the end of the day to unwind in your day, plan your next one out, whatever it is. And even though my next glass of wine is still a few months away, hashtag pregnant, I am super excited to talk about our new partner, Usual Wines. We've all been there. We get home or we travel from the office to the living room, to the kitchen, and we pour ourselves one smooth glass of red wine because it is winter after all. Then we queue up a little Bravo and enjoy our unwind. And yes, I do not believe that any of this is a guilty pleasure. But what happens to the rest of that bottle red? Maybe it sits around and worst case, maybe it gets poured down the drain a few days later because it went bad. In comes usual wine with the solution for the modern drinker. Each quote unquote bottle of usual wine is 6.3 ounces, which means you can have one quote unquote heavy glass of wine. That's right. There's no more flat bubble or stale rosé. The wines are low carb and have zero grams of sugar. So you never have to worry about that sugar-induced wine headache. Again, you all know what I'm talking about. But don't grapes contain sugar? Yes, that's a good question. All the usual wines are produced using natural, sustainable grapes harvested every fall. These grapes are picked at optimal ripeness to ensure all sugar will be fermented completely until the wines are dry with no residual sugar all that is left over is delicious, clean wine. So let's talk about the science of this a little bit. The process of fermentation happens when natural yeasts eat the naturally occurring sugar in the grapes. If you're keeping track, in goes the sugar, out comes the alcohol. Usual wines are fermented until no more sugars are in the wine. This is what ensures that the wines are as dry as possible and lower in calories. Usual wines has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine called brut. We also have Usual Spritz, which is a low sugar, low calorie wine spritzer that's made of sparkling wine and guava juice. Yum. So lots of amazing options at Usual Wines, no sugar, so that's no headache. And that big, nice pour is already perfectly measured out for you. So go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use my discount code FEMALES at checkout for $8 off your first order. And you know, try your first glass of wine on us because I can't. So you're having a glass for me again, hashtag pregnant. I know, but I can't wait to be back in the saddle and the wine with you guys. So one more time, the website is www.usualwines.com and then use our discount code females for $8 off your first order. All right, now let's get back to the show.
1: Oh, That is so brilliant, and I think that goes back to expectation settings, which I know that's something you guys talk about on the podcast. Um, And funny enough, today, in fact, I I had this weird moment. Um, So being an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur, I was like, "This is great! I will never have to deal with you know work office BS ever again." And you know, coming from HR, that's like amazing. And while it's totally different, and yes, I don't have my office isn't a revolving door of complaints anymore. I still had to deal with something today where I'm like, oh my gosh! Like you still have to deal with different personalities, and I don't get to escape it, even though I have full autonomy of my of my schedule now. So you're absolutely right, and something I'm working on. Maybe this will speak to somebody out there. Accepting that going back to what there's no such thing as a dream job. Like you are going to have to deal with frustrating people, frustrating clients, and you will get disappointed. Like today I had to give myself a pep talk and I'm like, girl, that is not a reason to like quit because I'm, I kind of wanted to give up the rest of the day. I'm like, screw it after this. I'll, I'll just, you know, go for it. And I'm like, no, if, if that was the case, like you would have quit this months ago or you would quit every job.
2: That's uh, entrepreneurship <laughs> on like repeat. I, we were just on an episode where I was like, yeah, your high highs and your low lows happen in the same hour. And you you do get better at managing all of this kind of stuff. But the grass is not greener. It's just different grass. It is about managing expectations. I talk a lot about my whole like first part of my whole book is about managing expectations because I realized like that is the part where you get the most sideline. And I know that we can't just give the advice of like, don't have expectations, especially with your career. I, I think it just comes back to having very realistic expectations. And to your point about like, you know, the myth of the dream jobs and and sort of not having this expectation that your job is going to fulfill all of your needs, just like a partner doesn't fulfill all your needs. A hobby doesn't fulfill all your creative needs, et cetera. You know,
1: speaking of partners, my husband taught me this a couple of years ago, and I feel like I'm only now truly getting it. But when I would have really high highs and low lows, I would think this is what every day is going to be for the rest of my life. And he was like, that's where I think you can have a limited mindset. So just know, yeah, today you had a low low today, you got into it with your advisor or, you know, whatever it was. And then it will, you will not have a complete repeat tomorrow. Like tomorrow will be different, even if it's Good, bad, okay, ho hum. So yeah.
2: Okay, so your third sign is that you wish that HR would just put you "quote unquote" out of your misery and fire you. So firing, you're saying, can actually be a blessing in disguise, right? <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. And I actually wrote that one down because a friend of mine, we we were having a layoff at a, an employer, and she was like, "This is when I was on HR." She she took me aside. She's like. Please just fire me. Can I be a part of the layoff? And I was like, whoa, okay. We have other things to talk about, because that's that's heavy if you're asking to be fired. But actually, yes, I do think being fired can be a blessing in disguise. Is it uncomfortable, scary? Yes, all of the above, it has happened to me. However, in between, you know, drinking wine and licking wounds. It's also a really great time to reflect on why it didn't work. Now, some things are just simply not going to be a match and that happens all of the time. But even in those moments, it's figuring out, okay, why didn't this work? In fact, I actually left a company. I wasn't fired, but I left a company soon after I had started. And it's because I just realized the different management style I work with and don't work with. And I just wanted to put myself out of that misery before it got too late. Um, But beyond that, let me tell you something that I just, I had to learn the hard way. It's okay. If you if it comes down to, I didn't go to school for this and you want to try something new. I went to school for public relations and journalism. I kept pushing off HR, even though my gut was telling me to go into recruiting in HR. Um, I even had former managers say, you're not very good at this, but you seem to be great with people and recruiting. So you should do that instead. Rejection is just redirection. And as cheesy as that might sound, really take it to heart and allow it to be your permission slip to try something new.
2: I want to take a quick break to talk about Uber for business. Sometimes getting unstuck is as simple as changing the way you look at things. As a leader, finding ways to keep employees engaged and customers happy is always a top priority. And I recently figured out exactly how Uber can help. We already trust Uber as a way to request rides and order meals from the restaurants we love to support. But did you know that Uber's platform is designed specifically for businesses too? I know. I didn't know that. And I'm so happy to learn that over 160,000 companies already use Uber for business. As a business owner, I like to make sure my employees feel valued and appreciated. It's not that difficult to do either. That's why I use Uber's vouchers for quote unquote surprise virtual lunches. It's a small but meaningful way to show my care and appreciation, which is especially important right now. Want to impress new customers? Offer them a voucher for a free meal or ride when they make their first purchase of your goods or services. Any company can sign up for free and immediately start delivering extra value to the people who matter most to their business. Vouchers are simple to send and easy to redeem. You have total control over who gets them, when they expire, and what portion of the ride or the meal you want to cover. Vouchers are shared via email or text and can be redeemed with a single tap. Best of all, you only pay for rides they take or meals they order. Right now, Uber for Business is offering companies a $50 voucher credit when you spend your first $200 with vouchers. Just go to uber.com backslash the females to learn more. One more time, that's uber.com backslash the females for a $50 voucher credit. All right. I know that you guys aren't going to want to forget this and you're definitely going to want to support your team and your customers with it. So let me give you that link one more time. Uber.com slash The females, T-H-E-F-E-M-A-I-L-S. Terms and conditions apply. All right, now let's get back to the show.
0: Okay. So lastly, your last sign is your physical health and or mental health has been on a steady decline. So what are some specific signs that your job is causing these declines versus life events since hashtag 2020 was brutal?
1: So I, I, I probably don't need to give this disclaimer, but I am not a medical professional. So please consult your doctor. But I, when I was going through burnout and I actually had to go through FMLA, I, my anxiety was worsening, but also I had a lot of gut issues. And so I did have doctors say this is related to stress. And um, these are some of the other problems that you could face if you don't treat this and treat it like the emergency that it is. So all of that said, um, pay attention to how many sick days you're taking. There's a ton of research that actually backs this up from people who are medical professionals and that it's related to your gut health or just your immune system. So to your point exactly, obviously we're in a global pandemic due to um, COVID-19, but are you uh, getting sick more often? Are you honestly staying in bed, taking inventory of your mental health? keep a close eye on that. And please, please, I'm a huge advocate of mental health. Please know it is normal to take medication. I take medication, but please make sure that you are seeing a doctor and being open with that doctor and taking care of yourself.
2: We believe in mental health days at and Contessa. I remember when I was a kid, my mom believed in those and she She would allow you, if you just didn't feel like it (laughs) to go to school, she would allow you to not go. And she would always say like, well, if your body's telling you, I mean, she would like guilt trip you a little bit because it would be like, if your body's telling you, you really can't go to school today. But if you were convincing enough, she would let you off. And I actually feel like in a way, there are just days where you wake up and you're like, "Okay, I'm going to do these five things and then I'm going to save the rest of this for over there. And I'm going to give myself permission to Netflix, walk, whatever it is that you need. And sometimes you just need that, like I don't know, mental treat for yourself. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, no. And God bless your mom because I wish I had the opposite mom
0: who was like- so good. Sure. <laughs> yeah, your your mom was ahead of her time. Yes.
2: <laughs> I think there's what you're talking about versus what I was saying too. Just to make sure people know it's clear, there are always going to be moments in your career where you are like, I need a, just a day off, versus being truly stuck and feeling truly lost, like you're wandering around in the dark and sick and anxious and stressed and all those things. Right. You took the words right out
1: of my mouth. Um. And again, because I'm just so open with myself, for me, I was going my headspace was going into like such dark places when I was in other industries. And again, some of that is also related to my worth is in my work. And if I'm not successful, what's the point? I really thought it was normal to wake up every day and be upset that you woke up and wish, you know, to have suicidal ideation. It's not normal. It's you can get help for it. But I think I thought, Oh, well, this is just how everyone feels. Everyone hates there, you know, so it's just under being able to take a step back, and of course, into that also, do I say if you change your job, your mental health is going to skyrocket, and you're going to be a okay? Not necessarily, but I think sometimes I have had to change my surroundings and how I spent like ten hours of my day in order to really see other parts of my life flourish as well.
2: I would say if you are feeling any of this stuff too, there are places to begin to do further work on like, is this totally just like a Tuesday, Wednesday thing? Or is this a truly like, I feel stuck here. Um, and I know that maybe someone's listening to this and feeling like, well, look, I, I have to pay the bills. So I don't always have the luxury of just being like, this isn't a job for me and finding something else we're not saying that. I just think it's, I think a little bit more about self-awareness and not ignoring signs when they're happening, um, which is why we're huge fans of people keeping a work journal. Cause I think it can help you recognize when something's more as to your point, a theme versus a one-off and all one-offs, uh, you know, are gonna, like the one-offs happen. That's just life versus the the themes of it. So Jasmine, any last thoughts you want to add on this topic, of uh, for people who, Are wondering how they can grow, you know, if they feel stuck, like what can they do to grow?
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. The first thing that came to my mind in addition to having the work journal, because that is something I kept, especially when I wanted to quit that job right after I started, I'm like, ugh. And then I noticed a theme, management. But throughout that, also doing things, this is not sponsored, but like things like Skillshare and like YouTube, and I think allowing yourself to still indulge creativity, observation curiosity, just for your own sake. But then also because through that you, so a good example, I have a friend, he was in real estate. Now he's going into engineering. um, And it all started with like a Skillshare class and getting interested. So self-awareness, taking care of yourself, listening to podcasts, do the virtual happy hours. I would say join a lot of online networks. So many are free now um, and build your community. I think right now that's just, it's more important than ever, especially in a virtual space.
2: I would say Aaliyah, you're like the queen of people who are able to, she has so many creative outlets.
0: <laughs> it's insane. It's borderline insanity. But the quarantine, like I do that pre-co- pre-COVID, pre-quarantine. And now that I have like, no, just taking my commute time out I've started like five different ventures. So that could be a a different podcast, (laughs) a solo app where I just... But I mean, it
2: feeds into your curiosity and you're learning new skills. And I, I do think, Jasmine, you're talking about ways that people can grow. It's like we talked about this in the intro, but clarity comes from engagement. That's a great quote from Marie Forleo. And I feel like you have to engage even if it's just... Going to the online networking event, listening to the podcast. In my book, I interviewed this woman who every Friday would do these career development Fridays. And she would spend one hour every Friday doing something related to her career development. So if you're wondering like where do you start if you do, I think first step one, keep the work journal recognize is this true stuckness or not enough? Or just like more of like one off. And then the second thing I would say is like carve out that one hour every week and do something. You can start small and work your way up to something that's more intense you know like becoming an engineer and switching pivoting your whole career path uh you don't have to do that on day one you know what i mean
1: absolutely and one thing i do have to tell myself i just said it today don't feel like you have to monetize your rest um this might be my three wing coming out but i'll be like okay okay now how can i make this a side hustle i was like girl you don't have to do that you can actually just do embroidery because you like it i've I, I'm buying an embroidery kit and I'm like, you don't have to be the best. You do not need to start an Etsy shop. You can just.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Once you monetize the hobby too, it's no longer a hobby. So just word to the wise of people is like, well, then you have another problem, which is you have to find a new hobby. <laughs> so, but you have, you, you probably are like me where you have this thing called fawn, which is the fear of not doing. And it takes, just as much discipline, everybody, to not do stuff as it does to do a bunch of stuff. So try that hat and see how (laughs) uncomfortable it feels. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us today. And just wanted to remind the listeners that I'm going to join you on your podcast, Office Politics. So be sure to check out that episode, which I'll also put in the show notes. And just thank you so much for lending your advice today.
1: Yay. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you found our show helpful to you and your career, please consider supporting our show with a free review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing. We absolutely love hearing from you all. And here's a recent review we'd love to highlight. Comes from Char Kali. It says, best career resource. The Females is a widely accessible and approachable resource that supports personal and professional development. The stimulating conversations are empowering and the wide range of topics provide broader perspective to help to increase overall awareness. Couldn't recommend the show enough. I listen to two to three episodes a week to prepare for work challenges, continue my education as a supervisor and mentor, and refuel on motivation. It's extremely relatable and relevant. Thank you to the Career Contessa team for your hard work always. And thank you to you. This is just... I mean, I'm going to frame this. This is such a perfect, (laughs) amazing review. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: And if you're ready to get unstuck in your career, we'd highly recommend Lauren's new book, Power Moves. She'll teach you how to pivot, reboot, and build a career of purpose. The link to Power Moves will be in the show notes if you're interested to learn more about the book, or you can go to powermovesbook.com to order.
2: And a big thank you to Jasmine Reed Clark for sharing her time and excellent advice today. Remember that you can learn more about Jasmine via the show notes. And lastly, next week, we are announcing something really big, like once a year big. And I know it's always annoying to have the teaser, but it is going to be huge once a year kind of thing. And it's just for the career contest audience. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast or even join our newsletter so you do not miss out on what is launching next week.